0: We praise thee, Lord for Thy great land that we thy dwelling place may be. Thou livest us we fill with thee. Thou in the sun spread my peace. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called The Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997. And we are pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from The Life Study of Colossians on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's life study.
1: God has often dealt with man through the promises that He has made to man. And these promises begin as early as Genesis chapter 3. But not until Genesis 12 did a promise of God include blessing or enjoyment for man. This promise of blessing to Abraham was altogether to do with the good land of Israel. But the Apostle Paul in the New Testament book of Galatians repeats that promise in the context of blessing and enjoyment promised by God to us, his New Testament people. So what does the land, so preeminent in Genesis so preeminent in the Old Testament, have to do with us in the New Testament. Well, we'll explore this interesting topic on in our Life Study of Colossians today. And Francis Paul has joined us once again. Francis, welcome back to the program.
2: Thank you. I'm looking forward to this interesting portion.
1: It, it's an interesting uh, subject matter, Francis, and it's another one that uh, I think has a lot of uh, light and uh, help for our listeners that uh, probably they may not have been aware of before. So uh, it's always a privilege to bring these kind of messages to uh, the listeners, isn't it? Yes, it really is. Okay, let's look at these verses in Genesis 12, where Abraham received, at that time, of course, he was called Abram, where he received this initial promise of blessing, uh, beginning at verse 1. And I'll read the first three verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing." And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Francis, without any question, this blessing to Abraham is tied inexorably really to the land. And the land referred to here plays an enormous role in the entire Old Testament, doesn't it?
2: This land is really the subject of the whole Old Testament after Genesis 12. Yeah. It's really marvelous that uh, this land could be such a picture for us in the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, everything that happened to the children of Israel for the time they were in that land was provided on that land. Mm -hmm. Their whole history is a history of being on the land. All their labor was there on the land, all the riches, their, their food, everything, even what they built, they got the materials from being on the land. This land is very, very significant and really the subject of the whole Old Testament.
1: We're going to see an expansion to that principle, Francis, because if we pay attention to these verses in verse 3 of chapter 12 that we read just a moment ago here, it includes all of the families in the earth shall be blessed in Abraham in relation to this land. And, of course, uh, we're not, we can't be talking about physically cramming all of the families of the earth into the uh, area known as the good land in Palestine. So there must be an application here beyond the borders of the physical or geographical area known as the land.
2: There surely must be. And I noticed in those verses you read, the word blessing and bless is so many times used yeah. and extends, as you said, even to all the peoples.
1: Let's find out about that and how we can be included in such a blessing. Here's Witness Lee
3: we come to the portion of the saints. Let me present you this portion in this way. If you read Genesis, you could see before Abraham, there was not a promise given concerning any kind of blessing, any kind of uh, enjoyment. It is so strange when God came to Abraham The Bible stressed one thing very much. That is the land. This promise of the good land is very striking. It's not a small thing. When Paul wrote that God has qualified us for a share of the portion of the saints, don't you realize when he wrote this sentence... A picture was there. hard picture. The allotment of the good land. In the Old Testament, there was a fun story that God gave his chosen people a land. And that land was a lot. God gave his people a lot. As their what? Enjoyment. Even the word enjoyment is not adequate. You look at the picture of the good land. My, the good land meant everything to the children of Israel. If you were one of the children of Israel, when you enter into the good land, you could realize the good land was everything to you. What do you need? You just tell me. You need what? You tell me. You just say, you need milk? It is in the land. You need honey, it is in the land. You need some rocks for the building, it is in the land. You need some water, it is in the land. Springs, fountains, rivers, ponds, pools, creeks, all kinds. What you want? All the cattle were there. You want cereals, wheat, corn, all were there. The good land is everything. You have to pick up the concept that when the Apostle Paul wrote this epistle to tell the the misled Colossians that they shouldn't take in anything. They shouldn't take in anything other than Christ. Whatever is not Christ, that is something as a kind of authority of darkness. You shouldn't take that in. You should only remain in the good land. You shouldn't import any foreign things in this good land. You should take only things out of the good land. That is Christ. Christ is our person.
1: Francis Witnessly spent much time making a case here that the land, which, as you pointed out, was such an important part of the Old Testament is equally an important aspect of the New Testament revelation. And he commented on this verse that we're at now in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. And this verse says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you for a share of the allotted portion of the saints in the light. You mentioned earlier, Francis, that uh, the land really occupied the Old Testament. Uh, we heard him say it's a seed that was planted somewhat in Genesis and developed through the Old Testament actually in the entire Bible. How does this verse in Colossians chapter 1 show the development of the seed related to the land?
2: To say that the land was a seed, that means really that nearly everything in the book of Genesis is a seed, and it develops throughout the whole Bible. Right. And the land is that kind of seed. When you get it in Genesis and a promise to Abraham for that land, that was the seed And that land was really the result of the promise of a seed that was given to Adam and Eve. That seed was Christ, we know. But that seed developed into a land. And that land covers the whole revelation of the Old Testament and becomes a very prominent thing for the children of Israel. So we have to see that this comes over into the New Testament as Christ as the seed— And when uh, Paul is writing now in Colossians, he must have had before him this view of the land that was promised to Abraham and became such an important part of the life of the Israelites. He must have had that before him because when they came into the good land, they were each allotted a portion of that land. Each of the children of Israel, each family or each tribe was allotted a portion of that. So when Paul is writing to the Christians who have been in Colossae, who have been distracted mm-hmm. to philosophy and religion and other things, he wants to call them back now to realize that they've been allotted. They've been qualified by the redemption of Christ to be allotted a portion of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now that means they got a lot. doesn't mean a lot of things. That means they got a lot like a measure on the land. Each one gets that portion of that land. And that land was really so much to Israel. We'll see how Paul applies that allotment to us, the believers, how each one of us inherits a portion of that lot that's allotted to us as an inheritance with
1: all the saints. Yeah, it was very good when he pointed out there at the end, whatever the children of Israel needed— the land was there producing it, providing it, whether it was cattle or milk or honey or the grain and uh, all of the things. The land was the complete source of whatever they needed. And that's
2: really the uh, appropriate picture for us to see Christ, isn't it? He's everything we need. That's right. He must be our land, too. If we see him as the land, we'll realize everything is with him.
1: Well, Francis, let's go back to Witness Lee. Let's see. Uh, I think he has more to say on this subject.
3: The Apostle Paul, before writing, in Galatians... you could see that the blessing here must refer to the good land. That the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we may receive the promise of what? Have you ever seen the land is actually the Spirit? Oh, the Spirit is going. Who is this Spirit? I have to refer you to John 7, 39. It says what? The Spirit was not yet. In John chapter 7, the Spirit was not yet. Why? Because Jesus Christ was not glorified. When Jesus Christ was glorified in his resurrection and ascension, the Spirit was there. So, what is this spirit? This spirit is no one but the all-inclusive Christ. The spirit is the ultimate expression of the triune God. The spirit. This is a very special term. It's very unique. The spirit in the New Testament means the process God. Who is the process God? The Father at the source. Then the Son as the Course became incarnated to be a man. And he lived on this earth and he went to the cross and he was crucified there. You have to realize all the incarnation and all the crucifixion were stabs of the process. How could you not say that this is a process? To be incarnated surely is a process. To be crucified, to be slaughtered there, surely this is a process. And then enter into resurrection. Even resurrection is a process. After resurrection, first 1 Corinthians 1545, this is transverse. The last Adam became a life giving spirit. Firstly, the word which was God became a flesh. And that flesh is the last Adam. And the last Adam became something else. That is the life-giving spirit. Could you see? God through incarnation, through crucifixion, entered into resurrection. And here... He became the life-giving spirit. This is the spirit. The spirit is the ultimate consummation of the process God. This is no one but Christ. The spirit is the Christ.
1: France is a big topic here. We saw first that Christ is depicted by the land. Now we have heard that the New Testament develops this thought even farther, to the extent that now it's the Spirit that is the reality of the land to us in an experiential way. This once again brings us to the matter of the process that was undertaken by the triune God. This process that included incarnation and human living, crucifixion, resurrection, all these things. But also, then, the additional step brought out in the verse he talked about in 1 Corinthians 15:45. The last Adam became a life giving spirit. This aspect, Francis, is not nearly as well known, I think, by Christians uh, as these other elements of the process the incarnation, the crucifixion, and resurrection. But the significance is of tremendous importance, isn't it?
2: Oh, my. It is uh, more than tremendous, I would say, because the actual experience of Christ in this full way depends on him becoming the life giving spirit. All these things that he went through. His incarnation, His human living, the perfect human life, even His going to the cross, even His resurrection. All of this is included now in the life that was lived and died on the cross and was resurrected. All of that process is included in this life-giving Spirit. And that's the reason Paul is talking, bringing our attention to what an inheritance we have because It's just like the children of Israel inheriting the land. And everything was on that land for their existence, for their enjoyment, for their knowing uh, how to live in every way. So we have the same thing in this marvelous Christ who is now the life-giving Spirit in our spirit to be everything to us. We really don't need anything else but to live on this land. We would have all the enjoyment, all the riches, all the supply. For our living, just by living on this land, which is a picture of the processed triune God. I hope people would not be confused by this, because even the Lord Jesus, it's spoken of him in Colossians, another verse in Colossians, that says, "...in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily." So as the Lord Jesus was on this earth, all that God is was dwelling in him, God in his trinity— His Father as the source, the Son as the element, and the Spirit as the reality. All of this was in that wonderful person, the Lord Jesus. And when He died and resurrected, became the life-giving Spirit, He became our good land. Now we can live on Him with all the supply we need just drawn from Him.
1: Francis, this is a topic that uh, it really warrants so much fellowship and so much development. We just don't have it today, but uh, I'm sure we'll get another opportunity to come back to it. It's, it's too marvelous, but to see the reality of Christ as the land is really the application of that good land to us by our experience, enjoyment, really entering into the life-giving spirit. It's really a, a promise full of blessing for all of God's people today, isn't it?
2: It really depends on how much we see of this, how much we will enjoy.
1: Okay, let's go back to Colossians now. We read verse 12. The next verse says this. It says, Who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We're going to get another peek here, a lesson really, into how we can learn to study the Bible from the example we get from uh, our brother here and his predecessor, Watchman nee. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
3: Why the Colossians got bothered? Because they didn't see this portion of the saints, because they didn't see the all inclusive Christ. They didn't see the all inclusive spirit as the good land to them. So so they accepted the uh, Judaistic observances, the gentle ordinances, and this can philosophy and that can philosophy, this can ism and that can ism. They accepted so many things. Just like the children of Israel, when they got out of Egypt, when they were wandering in the wilderness, they couldn't forget all the flavors, all the licks, all the onions, all the garlic, all these Egyptian flavors. They couldn't forget. They still long to have that. You read the Bible, when The children of Israel entered into the good land. Not one bit of thing of Egypt had ever been brought into Canaan. That was a blasphemy to God. To bring anything from Egypt into the good land, it was a blasphemy to God. What does this mean? This simply means to bring anything other than Christ into the church is a blasphemy. In the good land, you shouldn't have Egyptian leeks. In the good land, you shouldn't have Egyptian onions, garlics. In the good land, you should only have the good produce out of the good land, milk and honey. No garlic, no leeks, no onions. This is the portion of the sons. That is the good land which is the all-inclusive Christ as the life-giving Spirit.
1: Well, Francis, as we promised, this was another marvelous example of the way Witness Lee, and before him, Watchman Nee, studied and understood the Bible. Of course, we've just finished Leviticus, and we've seen that the Old Testament was a book of pictures and types. Now we're seeing that same principle in reverse here. He takes a New Testament verse, a well-known verse, and uh, really out of that extracts how Paul was writing these things with the view back to the Old Testament type and picture. Run through this for us again, Francis, how Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 connect us to the Old Testament picture.
2: Well, these verses in uh, Colossians are quite significant here. And I would like to say that before you get to Colossians, you have the book of Galatians. Right. And in that book, there is a verse that says that the blessing of Abraham, which was the land, right. might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So uh, this blessing must refer to the good land. So Colossians one twelve says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. He qualified us by the redemption of Christ that we may share in the allotted portion of the saints in the light. And goes on to say, the one who did this, who qualified us, was God, but he did it on the basis of the redemption of Christ. Now it says, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness. And that's the authority that rules in this world, this present Mm -hmm. world, typified in the view that Paul is taking back into the Old Testament by the children of Israel being in Egypt. They were under that authority of darkness in Egypt, but they were delivered out of that authority and transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now, he's applying this really to today's Christians. The believers in this age today are really The fulfillment of all the type and all the shadow you see in that good land and how they were delivered out of that darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. So we know now that uh, we are brought out of that darkness and that authority and we're brought under a new freedom because we're in the kingdom of the Son of God's love. And that kingdom, according to Romans, is uh, righteousness, peace, and joy— in the Holy Spirit. So we're brought into a marvelous kingdom. And that kingdom is just the land. That's the land. The all-inclusive Spirit who is Jesus Christ Himself as the Spirit in our spirit today is where we live and how we live by the wonderful provision of this promised blessing.
1: I so much enjoyed the uh, time we spent in the Old Testament books of Exodus, Leviticus, and before that, Genesis. Now I'm finding that same appreciation as we see this kind of approach to unveiling these treasures that are presented in the New Testament. This is one book, one vision, one revelation, start to finish. The land is a seed planted early on, and as you said in Genesis 12, developed all through the Bible, really depicting and bringing us into the reality of the enjoyment of Christ as everything to us. Wow, we have quite a study ahead of us, don't we, as we right. continue the Colossians.
2: And aren't you thankful, Chris, for the ministry that brings this light to us?
1: Every day. Thank you, Brother Francis.
2: Thank you very much.
1: We'd like to leave you with our toll-free number and our invitation, as always, to contact us. Uh, we had a chance, Francis and I, uh, recently, to visit with some of our listeners up in the Bay Area in California, and uh, uh, it was such a joy and uh, enjoyment and blessing to us to be able to get firsthand glimpses of uh Some of you listening out there who are having the kind of rich enjoyment that we uh, enjoy ourselves and hope that you all are getting. So Mm -hmm. uh, we hope to get around to the country and different parts of the country so that we can meet more of you. In the meantime, if you'll call us and let us know that you're listening, uh, we'll do our best to schedule something in your area in the coming weeks and months. So our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 888-543-3788 and the very reason we went up to that area is because many up there, many of you listening in that area took the time to call and let us know that there was an interest our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121 Anaheim, California 92814 or sent email to radio at lsm.org and stay with us as we continue the life study of Colossians for Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. thank you so much for listening
0: Colossians reveals that Christ is profound and all-inclusive. Our need is to be infused, saturated, and permeated with Him until, in our experience, Christ is everything to us. Our food, our drink, our feasts, our holy days, our Sabbath, our new moon, our everything. We must not allow anything to replace Christ or to be a substitute for Him. The printed Life Study of Colossians is available in a three-volume set, with a total of 65 messages. To order, call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788.